Hi, I'm Daniela DeMarco, and this is ElectroPod, EFC's podcast series where we explore the electrical industry with expert members on areas covering the technical and cultural topics that are powering our changing world. Joining me today is Vladimir Gabachev, Manager of Codes and Standards for the Canadian Division at Eden Industries, to discuss arc fault circuit interrupters, or better known as AFCI technology. As it stands, the more we interact with smart home devices, the more we should consider the power demands these devices place on our aging electrical panels and receptacles. You know that gray metal box in our basement furnace or utility room? That's the electrical panel that carries the bulk of all loads. Also joining us today is EFC's Rob McIntyre, Business Sections Manager. Thank you both for being here. Let's begin. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. It's good to be here. There's something called ground fault protection that has been around for decades. To start off with you, Vlad, what the difference between AFCI technology and ground fault technology is? Sure, yes, Daniela, thank you. Um, first, to explain the acronyms, AFCI stands for Arc Fault Circuit Interrupter. GFCI stands for Ground Fault Circuit Interrupter. Now, the differences in, in technology, as you alluded, uh, GFCIs have been around for decades. They are considered uh, mature technology. Mm-hmm. And the function, the differences in the function, what they're protecting us from. Um, ground fault circuit interrupters protect us from electric shock, mm-hmm. which can happen from ground leakage currents that are unexpected uh, pathways where uh, human skin can get into contact and cause a shock. So uh, for the purpose of this discussion, I will just say at this point that Ground fault circuit interrupters, the events that they protect from are always on this side of the wall. All right. So the wall where I'm standing here now and using appliances. And shock right. can happen always on this side of the wall right. where one can touch the fault. Arc fault circuit interrupters, on the other hand, protect from arcing faults, mm. which do not cause shock electric shock but they cause fire and those can happen on both sides of the walls and that is a difference in the type of protection that these two technologies offers that said our fault circuit interrupters are a newer technology and they have been recently introduced for a little bit over a decade at least in canada okay great i think that clarifies it for us. Yeah, that's good. No, that's an, a very important distinction when we're when we're talking about the two technologies. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess, Vladimir, um, is it correct to understand then that AFCIs provide an increased level of safety and protection for the consumer? Yes, of course. AFCIs, uh, in addition to uh, saving lives, they also save property because property is also distracted in fires as well as lives are lost. Mm-hmm. Electric shock only would affect typically lives, whether through injuries or fatalities. So in Which that sense, AFCIs are the added protection. Okay, great. So let's learn a little bit more about AFCI technology and how it protects us as consumers. 
would you be able to elaborate on that for us? Yes, so as I had stated, arcs happen due to aging insulation of the conductors, their insulating jacket, or due to damage insulation, or due to rodents chewing through it. So whenever the insulation integrity is sufficiently uh, compromised, arcing fault can happen. And that arcing fault does not necessarily uh, become obvious or uh, very damaging at the very beginning, but over time it creates a conductive path, the resistance of which drops in time when arcing persists, and then there is eventually sufficiently low resistance that we have a more current that's going to cause a, a, a more dangerous arc. So um, the Canadian Electrical Code defines arc fault protection as a means of recognizing characteristics unique to both serious and parallel arc faults and de-energizing the circuit when an arc fault is detected. Mm -hmm. So here we're introducing a couple of relatively technical terms, uh, serious and parallel arc. Mm -hmm. They're not really defined anywhere in the code and uh, equivalent or analog uh, terminology can also be used where serious arc can be typically called low energy arc and parallel arc could be called a high energy arc. And I'm gonna just briefly attempt, just very briefly for Mm -hmm. purpose of uh, uh, the economizing the time is that uh, serious arc happens when the conductor uh, conductive element meaning the copper or aluminum in it is compromised meaning we have a breakage in the conductor for whatever reason mm -hmm. or the connection at the outlet device whether receptacle or uh, circuit uh, wall switch mm -hmm. or whatever other uh, devices connected those connections are loose and then if they're loose they can uh, cause arcing because then suddenly you're going to have a, a discontinuity in the metal mm -hmm. uh, element that's conducting the current normally uh, but what's uh, Saving grace in this case is that those typically faults are considered, as I mentioned before, low energy because the energy of the arc is driven by the load consumption. Okay. And it is limited by the load. So if we have a toaster, if we have a vacuum cleaner, whatever current mm -hmm. that load is drawing, that is the current that's passing through that series through the arc okay and therefore it is limited to that amount of current in contrast when we have a parallel arc mm -hmm. parallel meaning it is between the life conductor and neutral or the life conductor and ground then we have a sort of a short circuit uh, a high impedance short circuit compared to the classic series. short circuit because now the only added impedance in the circuit is the impedance of the plasma of the arc. Nonetheless, we do not have load limiting uh, okay. circumstances here. So the arc energy is high. It can be damaging 
very damaging. It can cause fire as well as the serious arc, depends on the circumstances of the surrounding material. And as I mentioned, the uh, current is only limited by the added uh, uh, impedance of the arc, but in every other sense, it's very similar to a classic at short. Okay. However, the added impedance of the arc lowers the current below the threshold of the trip of a standard mm -hmm. thermomagnetic circuit breaker and flies under the radar of a standard thermomagnetic circuit breaker, doesn't get detected, is allowed to propagate until it causes fire, which eventually may trip the thermomagnetic circuit breaker if the event causes welding of the live conductor in the neutral conductor or ground. Then you're going to have the standard, the classic short, that short. Okay. In absence of welding of the conductor, you're going to have the one that stays under the radar of the trip characteristic of the standard circuit breaker. So this caused the need of a device that can sense uh, before catastrophic event happens, that caused that by that arc. The, the, the code recognizes two different technologies for handling the um, protection from arcing faults. And I'm going to try to read from the definitions from the code here. Okay. Uh, one is called combination type arc fault circuit interrupter. And it is defined as a device that provides both serious and parallel arc fault protection to the entire branch circuit wiring including cord sets and power supply cords connected to the outlets against the unwanted effects of arcing. Now, in simple terms, this would typically be a circuit breaker sitting in your electrical panel with additional arc fault protection characteristics built into them, which typically is a microprocessor, which has been programmed to recognize the arcing characteristics of a damaging arc and discriminate from the what we call friendly arcs which happen when you turn on a switch or when the refrigerator motor works and creates some arcing with from the brushes so these devices are programmed to uh, overlook the friendly arcs so-called friendly arcs which are part of normal operation of devices and act and interrupt the supply of electricity when we have this damaging arc both serious or parallel the other technology that has been introduced, and it is relatively newer technology than the combination type arc fault circuit interrupter, it is called outlet branch circuit type arc fault circuit interrupter. And it is defined as a device that provides both serious and parallel arc fault protection to downstream branch circuit wiring, cord sets and power supply cords against the unwanted effects of arcing, and also provides serious arc protection to upstream branch circuit wiring. Again, in simplified terms, this represents a receptacle with an arc fault protection feature in it. Okay. So to just explain what is the difference in function here uh, in, in operation as described in the definition of the two devices, mm -hmm. the outlet branch circuit, arc fault circuit interrupter, basically does the same job as the combination type with the difference that if parallel arc happens upstream in the circuit, it has no way of interrupting it. 
because the circuit closes ahead of it, upstream of it. Uh -huh. It's going to sense it, but has not no ability to act on it because it is a receptacle installed in the wall. It is not a circuit breaker installed in the in the uh, panel in the house where the electricity is brought in the house. But by Ohm's first law, if the arc fault is serious, it can interrupt it because once it sees it, it interrupts, the flow of current is interrupted, the arc is gone because the arc has been serious arc. Again, if it's parallel and it, if it's downstream, it still interrupts it, the supply of power is interrupted, the arc is gone. Only the problem is when the parallel only arc is upstream, can do anything about it. Therefore, there are additional requirements in the code to account for, for this uh, circumstances that the wiring methods of the wiring upstream of the uh, receptacle arc fault protection device has to be in some way mechanically protected to contain the arc within that mechanical containment. Okay and prevent it from further propagating. All right, very interesting. So, so uh, Vladimir, who, who would make the choice of going with a, a combination type interrupter versus um, a branch circuit type? Um, why would you choose one over the other to install in your home? Uh, very good question, Mr. McIntyre. Thank you for asking. Uh, there have been uh, marketing <laughs> discussions about marketing, how we market these products. Ultimately, the choice is on the consumer or the contractor that the consumer hires, which is highly recommended to be done by authorized, by a licensed uh, electrician. Uh, if it is a new construction, I would say, I would think that uh, having a circuit breaker in the panel is the way to go but if you are renovating and you're adding an extension to an existing circuit then the outlet branch arc fault circuit interrupter seems to be a more practical solution in fact that is now also a requirement starting with the 2018 electrical code when 15 and 20 amps receptacles are being added to an existing circuit that does not already have arc fault protection that the first added receptacle is an outlet brand circuit, arc fault circuit interrupter. In this case, the mechanical protection is not required ahead of that outlet. So, by the sounds of things, this is not for the Saturday afternoon do-it-yourself kind of uh, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Fix-it. Uh, clearly, you not only need to be well versed in the technology and understand the application of the technology, but it is also a legal requirement that that work be actually performed by a licensed qualified electrician or electrical contractor. So, so the other thing that, that the other word that I keyed in on in your discussion, um, and incidentally, this is this is very enlightening and very, very educational, but peace of mind. And when you say peace of mind, what are you referring to? 
I'm referring to the fact that now you have a technology watching for possible arcing faults that may happen on this side of the wall that you can visually register, or they might be happening behind the wall that you cannot visually see. So that would mean that you have this technology watching. And interestingly that you mentioned that because when the first time were introduced in the Canadian Electrical Code, they were introduced in bedrooms, mm. where typically people spend eight, six, nine hours a day in an unconscious state. So it was considered at that time that now that we're introducing this new technology, let's introduce it into the rooms where there is the most danger that, that these arcing faults may remain undetected by humans. Then we need the technology to, to watch for them while humans are sleeping. And after the expansion of the requirements that happened in the 2012 Canadian Electrical Code, this uh, approach now, considering that the technology attained certain level of maturity, the concept of bedroom was abandoned, and then a different approach was, was introduced that we will now be protecting the circuits supplying receptacles. That's still part of the gradual introduction of the technology to home. It represented expansion, taking more advantage of the benefits of the technology because now we're not protecting just the bedrooms, we're protecting all receptacles with certain exceptions. But we're protecting brand circuits supplying receptacles, not only in bedrooms, but, but elsewhere. So as a homeowner or someone who owns a commercial building, or really for that matter, anyone, if you've got AFCI technology installed, you have greater peace of mind than you've ever had before. And it definitely gives you a, a much higher um, level of, of safety and security with respect to electrical safety. Yes. Okay, great. So hearing all about, you know, the protection and what the technology does, my question to you is what really brought on the need for this protection? How did it come about? Yes, Daniela. So this is a segue to what Rob just said, mm -hmm. that somewhere in the 80s, um, the Consumer Product Safety Commission in the U.S. decided to investigate why there is a improportionately larger number of residential fires in North America compared to the European countries. Mm. So then they contracted underwriters laboratories to recommend solutions to this problem. And underwriters laboratories somewhere in the 1990s came up with uh, results of their study where they proposed different already known technologies like sprinkler systems and uh, grounding and bonding, which has been in the Canadian code after late 70s. Uh, but they also hypothesized a technology, 
uh, a perfect solution of the problem would have been if there was a device that sits in the panel and monitors for these faults, for this type of faults, that would be the ideal solution. But the conclusion, again, of the improportionate number of fires in North America was because of how uh, the uh, residential uh, buildings are being built in North America. They're typically built of, of wood as opposed to the brick and mortar in Europe. And therefore, we, I believe we had four times more residential fires in North America than in Europe. Oh. So this was a concern by the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and that is how they addressed it uh, through the UL study. And once UL study, uh, once underwriters laboratories hypothesized this technology, then manufacturers jumped on board. They invested in research and development, and they developed the technology that does exactly what was described as a perfect case scenario. You have a device that sits at the end point of entry of electrical supply in your residency and watches for arcing. And once it is detected, it interrupts the supply. And that's how the arcing uh, fault is being handled. Okay, great. So you mentioned that it really developed in the US. So how does Canada, how do we, uh, what requirements do we have for AFCI protection in the CE code? Well, as I mentioned before, actually the Canadian Electrical Code for Electrical Installations currently requires that brand circuits in dwelling units supplying 125 volt receptacles rated 20 amps or less are protected from arcs. And as I also mentioned, there are some exceptions to this rule uh, for certain circuits. And that is typically circuits that are already protected with ground fault circuit interrupters. All right. So in a nutshell, I, if I'm understanding it correctly, the, the, the history with this is that actually it was government organizations that were concerned with safety, the safety of, of the population mm. were the ones that initiated the development of AFC, uh, AFCI technology. And then the next step was to was to invite manufacturers to get involved and to fully develop this technology. So it was in response to solving a real safety problem that was prevalent in North America. Correct. In both property and lives. Property and lives. Okay, great. So seeing as this technology is relatively newer in the sense that it seems to be in the adoption phase, what are some of the myths that need clarification to help integrate the AFCIs uh, more widely? Yes, thank you, Daniela. Well, strangely enough, related to what I just said so far, fortunately, there are some myths uh, out there. And one of them is that it is not necessary to have arc fault protection that the existing technologies of ground fault protection and grounding and bonding practices uh, would would suffice but the actual reality of having and despite of the existence of these technologies 
the number of residential fires in North America was disproportionately high compared to, to Europe. So therefore, uh, this, this myth would be rebutted by the simple proof in the pudding that mm -hmm. despite of having these technologies in place, fires were still happening. And then there is a, another myth that says that, well, uh, artful circuit interrupters add cost to the uh, to the house, mm -hmm. and the uh, added cost does not justify the added benefits. Which I also think this is a it's a mute point. Therefore, it's I just call it it's a myth because we're uh, statistics have been done by by uh, Canadian Fire Marshal uh, Association and. Uh, which has shown what is the number of, uh, what is the dollar number of property damage due to fires, electrical fires specifically, mm -hmm. in Canadian homes. And there is statistics of how many lives are lost a year. And uh, even assuming that um, AFCIs are not, not assuming, it is a fact, the AFCIs will not protect all those electrical fires because AFCIs only protect from arcing faults in the wiring. Okay. Other types of electrical fires inside the appliance, for example, may or may not be mitigated mm. by arc fault circuit interrupters. That depends because the arc fault circuit interrupter function is not to look inside the appliance, it is to look in the wiring. Okay, great. I, I guess when a fire occurs um, uh, in a home, well, in any instance, I suppose. Um, statistics, the, there is analysis. I, I believe the term is fire prevention is, is what's used by the fire department where they actually will go in and, and do some analysis of the root cause of the, of the fire. And then that information is, is passed on and, and these statistics are accumulated at, by the fire marshal's office. So we, we have some fairly good evidence that links um, that links the the cause of the fire to the existence of an AFCI, and if there is not an AFCI um, uh, existing in an installation where there was fire, um, there, there's clear evidence that the AFCIs are uh, could have prevented the fire. Uh, well, uh, not fi well fire, but also property loss and 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 possibly human injury or, or loss of life. So the, so the cause and effect of having an AFCI uh, in your electrical panel, uh, the cause and effect of preventing fire is, is, is well understood and, and, and well developed. It's, it's quite clear that the cause and effect is real and, and substantial. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the, 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 other, the other thing when we, when we think about this, and I'm going to go back to this peace of mind thing, is that, is that in some respects, we could almost look at AFC technology as almost being an insurance, that, that it gives you a heightened level of assurance that your, 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 your property is safe, but also the individual is safe. So, so it's, it's very, uh, would be a very difficult to, to uh, discard or, or set aside the fact that AFC 
AFCI technology benefits are real and, and material. Correct, and uh, we should further continue the efforts for expanding the AFCI protection in homes because, as I said, uh, currently only the brand circuit supplying receptacles are covered by this protection and that's not even half of the home. We still have lighting circuits to protect and I, my opinion is that that should be the next step in the expansion of the protection in the Canadian code should be expanded to lighting circuits. So, so when we're talking about expansion, of course, of course, I know sometimes it's argued that that you know there there, there is cost involved in having this technology in the first place or expanding it. But but from what I'm hearing in our discussion, um, any cost that might be occurred incurred in in adding this technology is so far outweighed by the benefits that it's hardly uh, hardly worth talking about in terms of, of the conclusion of whether you'd want to have AFCI technology or not in your home. Correct, Rob. We did discuss this when we spoke about the myths. Uh, that is uh, one school of thought that is propagating the myth that the uh, benefits are not worth the cost. but. But perhaps the most pervasive one of all is that the AFCIs add to the cost for new home buyers. The fact of the matter is that the price of a home is mainly determined by the housing market where the particular home is located, not by the cost of materials which are fairly even across our country. So with the Canadian Electrical Code being a few cycles behind the US National Electrical Code as far as ARCFOLK protection coverage of homes is concerned, now we face a situation where a 2 million new built mansion in Toronto is not even half as safe as a 200,000 newly built house in Michigan in this regard. This should be sounding the alarm for new home buyers. Well, this is surprising to say that we've got a, a well-established technology that's well understood, but Canadians are behind. And when you say behind, what do you mean? What, what, what does that mean? We're behind the US. What I mean is that uh, Canadian home built today is less safe than American home built today in that respect, in that respect that there is much less AFCI protection in a Canadian home than in a US home. And I think that can be hardly justified. That's interesting. That's certainly food for thought. Mm -hmm. Is this an awareness issue or do we need to, you know, educate the contractors, the homeowners and uh, on this technology to bring it in? Is that, is that maybe one of the reasons why it hasn't been fully adopted in Canada versus the US or? Sure, I would say Electro Federation Canada is an advocacy group. Uh, has a part of the burden to promote awareness uh, of the benefits of the technology, but then on the other side, the consumers needs to become more aware and start asking for it and wondering why uh, my $2 million home 
is not as safe as the one in the US. Right. And and this is all tied back to um, the number of circuits in a home that are protected with AFC technology versus the number of circuits that are not protected by it. Correct. And, and the level of protection is clearly tied back to that. So when there's such compelling evidence that there's such a benefit to, to having this technology, why we wouldn't have it right across the board, um, it, it's, it's certainly um, difficult to understand as a consumer why we wouldn't want that level of protection. But largely, by the sound of it, it might be just awareness. And uh, sometimes once, once people are aware, um, they, they demand. And that, uh, that is certainly one area that, that EFC can they play a role to educate and make sure that our consumers are aware of the situation and, what the, and the fact that the technology is available and it's there. And uh, they will, again, go back to this peace of mind concept that they can have the peace of mind that their homes are as safe as they possibly could be. I cannot agree more. Okay, great. So the future of AFCI technology in our home needs to expand, needs to grow and to be implemented across Canada. If I can put it in the most simple terms, we need to complete our catch-up game with the Americans. Okay. All right, so as we are all aware, but our listeners may not be, EFC brought together a task group from the distribution equipment and wiring supply sections in early 2019 to form an awareness campaign on AFCIs for contractors and homeowners. We included uh, an online campaign portal that offers resources to the home on home fire safety tips and an online tripping submission form. And this could be found at uh, electrofed.com forward slash products forward slash AFCI. So uh, Rob, would you be able to explain the purpose of the tripping report and who it was, who is it, is it intended for and what happens after one files an entry? Okay, well, yeah, let's go back and talk about the origins of, of, of what caused this initiative to come about. Um, uh, with, with any technology, um, and, and I think I think Vlad um, alluded to the fact that that with AFC technology, um, the devices do operate as they are designed to pick up uh, faults, electrical faults, arcing faults. And and as I understand it, an arcing fault can appear, say, early on in an installation, where it's something as simple as a conductor is not that the, 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 the screw that holds the conductor in place on the device is just a little bit loose. It didn't get tightened. And you get a, a, a minor arcing uh, right there. And that if you tighten the connection, the problem goes away. So, so um, we, know that, we know that in new construction, um, we, we put these electrical distribution systems in our home. Um, and there's always a possibility there might be a minor oversight, such as something as simple as a loose connection, or there may be other good reasons um, that the technology is is uh, is performing as it was designed to perform. 
and protecting the the the, uh, the actual wiring in the home. So in some instances, um, there were there were um, issues raised by contractors back through the electrical uh, safety uh, uh, authority in Ontario and other safety authorities who have the, the regulatory responsibility for electrical safety, that these issues were being brought up that, that occasionally um, AFCIs were tripping and for no apparent reason. Well, um, generally speaking, when they do trip, um, they are tripping for a reason. And, and um, and it takes investigation sometime. It, it may be just something simple, or you could be in a situation where I suppose potentially, uh, say a nail gets driven through a conductor in new construction. And that once again, the device is, is, is working the way it should, but um, it's, it's creating a problem from the homeowner's perspective. Um, They've purchased a home, it's new, it should be working fine, but for some reason something keeps keeps tripping out on it. So, so what ElectroFed did on behalf of the, the various manufacturers and also to support contractors and to support the regulatory authorities, um, we provided an opportunity for these instances to be reported, and then we would we would connect the homeowner or the contractor or ESA themselves to the particular manufacturer so that the situation could be looked into and resolved. And, and that was the value of having this reporting system. Okay, great. So if there is an issue with the AFCI, they, they report, <clears throat> excuse me, they report the issue. How is it then resolved once the manufacturer is it just a, a form of updating software or does the whole device need to be replaced? Well, um, at that point in time, once, once uh, ElectroFed um, connects the appropriate parties that will bring about the resolution, at that point in time, sometimes the manufacturer, manufacturer uh, based on conversation with the homeowner might be able to make appropriate suggestions similarly to the contractors or I do know in some instances that that actually manufacturers have have sent a representative to the homeowner site to look into the situation and at that point in time at that point in time um, it's providing a, a level of service not only to the contractor but but to the homeowner and the industry as well to to uh, resolve these issues. And have we had many reports on these tripping? Well, many's a, a relative term. Or how term. many are? <laughs> <laughs> um, we have had very few reported issues. And, and, and when I say very few, um, we did look at um, some uh, real sales data um, in terms of units. And we compared it to the number of instances of reports, and we measure very few in terms of one in a million in that range. So, so when you look at the number of installations, uh, I'll say across Canada, versus the number of reported instances of problems where the manufacturer has been brought in to 
to help assist in rectifying the problem, it is very, very low. And again, we'll point it back to, yes, maybe it is a bit inconvenient initially for that homeowner, but you know what? Maybe we found a, we found a, 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 a deficiency in installation that was corrected or, or um, it, it, there was a, maybe even a, ma a more um, major deficiency um, that was corrected that could have, again, caused loss, and be, it, be it a personal loss or a property loss. And all of this has been avoided. Yeah, maybe a little bit, a little bit inconvenient, but at the end of the day, this technology all points back to peace of mind and a higher level of safety. Excellent. To learn more about this topic and other technical committees, please visit us at electrofed.com under business sections. Thank you to our guests for being here today and Vladimir Gavachev, Manager Codes and Standards at Eden Industries with over nine plus years experience. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. To our listeners, please provide your feedback to this podcast at info at electrofed.com. We are open to furthering this discussion with future podcasts. Thank you for listening to our first Electropod podcast series, and we hope you will continue to plug in.